0: welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. I love spring and summer, especially in Ohio. You know, this is the time of year that everybody in Ohio usually says, this is why we live here. Because in January, February, it gets a little tough here in the winter, and a lot of times I find myself saying, why do I live here? But anyway, with these season changes comes allergens from tree pollen, grasses, weeds, and it can really wreak havoc on children's allergies, causing severe allergy symptoms. Typical allergy symptoms can include things like itchy, runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, sneezing, scratchy throat, and sometimes that post-nasal drip and some cough. And so in this week's episode, I'm going to cover many important topics about allergy medications, nasal spray, what's the first-line defense against child's allergies, and so much more. And I just want to ask, if you love these tips and want more guidance, please follow me on my podcast so that you don't miss an episode, and follow me on Growing Up with Dr. Sarah on Instagram. So how do we fight against these allergens? Well, as with many medical conditions, the best way to deal with springtime allergies is to prevent them from becoming a problem in the first place. So awareness is always so important. What is it that triggers? So I tell people, you know, try to notice when you go outside or when you visit grandma and they have cats, or maybe it's certain types of environments that you notice, like the park, where there might be a lot of dust from like wood chips or things like that. These are the things that you want to be watching for and write it down so that if you do need to see your pediatrician or even an allergy specialist to really fine tune exactly what it is that you're allergic to, keeping track of what you notice in their environment, in their food, everything. And then once you know, working to remove those allergen sources in your home. So maybe you keep your home closed, like closing the windows. Right now I know the North or the South, Central America, Central America, sorry. (laughs) The Midwest is really suffering right now from a lot of fallout from the Canadian fires. So keeping those windows closed, the doors closed, having more of a neutral thermal environment, you know, keeping car windows clothes because that helps prevent pollen from entering. Also, washing the bedding, keeping your floors clean, vacuuming upholstery, furniture, wiping down even plants because dust is another number one thing. And even sometimes using a filter can help trap and filter household allergens. We really want to avoid bringing pollen indoors like I mentioned. So other ways to do that in addition to Closing your windows would be remove and put your shoes or your coat in kind of a designated area instead of spreading that pollen around. Wash your hands, wash your hair before you go to bed at night. We don't really realize that it's on our bodies and then we lay down and then we're sleeping in it. And if you have pets that spend time outdoors, use a damp cloth to remove the pollen from their coats daily and watch the pollen counts. You can go to pollen.com, believe it or not. You can enter your zip code or your city, and you can get a pollen forecast in your area. Keep your kids indoors when those counts are high, which is often in the early morning or the mid-afternoon. Well, now you've you've become aware you're going to avoid, right? I get a lot of questions about what medications, and I'm going to bring up a lot of medicines. I'm going to give you some of their trade names. I'm not endorsing anything specific. I'm literally just telling you what I tell my patients in my practice. Remember, just like my intro, your doctor knows best. So if you do have questions, please reach out to your pediatrician about any of the -the over-the-counter or prescription medications that I mention. So... Let's first talk about antihistamines. So what does an antihistamine do? It basically blocks histamine, which is what our body produces. And I'm going to give you a little more information about that later, but that triggers allergy symptoms, which basically gives you that inflammation and that swelling, okay, that causes these symptoms. So a couple of the choices that i recommend is using things like children's zyrtec or children's claritin the generic is cetirizine or loratadine respectively and these can be used to treat seasonal and indoor allergies and can ease those that sneezing that itchy runny nose and even hives and what's really cool is they do come in pills but we know um, children are not little adults and so may need to have liquid or melting tabs. And then we're even going to talk about nasal spray and antihistamines as well. Talking about nasal sprays, there's nasal corticosteroids, which a lot of times I, when I talk to families, it's like they're like, oh, steroids, Uh uh-oh, is my kid going to build muscle? It's going to stunt his growth. No, not at all. These are sprays that reduce the swelling, that causes that stuffiness, that runny, itchy nose. And a couple uh, options that I usually recommend are children's Flonase and children's Rhinocort. You know, there's other methods too, like um, nasal saline rinses that can be used before you use uh, a nasal spray, and some of these things can lessen reactions. But I always say like, if you're going to use anything specifically, you want to consult your doctor. And there's certain cases that there's even those medications you may have heard of before, something called Singular. Although it can definitely block a Additional inflammatory proteins that cause allergic reactions, they have some side effects. And so I'm not saying that singular is for everybody, but in some situations, it, it's something that you can talk to your doctor about because it is a prescription medication. What you really want to look at is if the allergy symptoms are mild and they're not really affecting the quality of life then just use the antihistamines as needed. You know, again, being aware and removing the allergen and doing what you can do environmentally. But for for progressive symptoms, that's when you start to get into some of those nasal sprays that can be the first-line treatment to reduce that swelling and really get to controlling allergy symptoms over time. Now, you might be saying, hey, Dr. Sarah how in the world am I going to get my child to even use the nasal spray? Well, I know it's tough. We're meant to not put anything in our nose and our ears, you know, in our eyes. And so those are always difficult things when we need to treat our child. But I'm here to tell you that if you talk to them, if you get down to their level, if you tell them, you know, yes, this is going to seem super weird, but once they realize that it really does help, I think that kids can learn to to use the these medications. And if you don't make a big deal about it, they're not going to make a big deal about it. So let's go back to how these allergy medications work. So again, I mentioned antihistamines because they block something called histamines, right? And histamine travels through our body. It attaches itself to cells and causes swelling. And when histamine is released, it is it comes because we've been exposed to something and it causes this chemical reaction that basically leads to these symptoms. So allergy medication or antihistamines can help prevent and block this histamine chemical reaction. So what warrants using allergy medicines? Well, like I said, you know, if it's really affecting their quality of life, sneezing, runny nose, itchy watery eyes, you know, blah blah blah, we all know those those symptoms, then that's when you can give it a try. And it's okay to use every day. It's okay to use as needed, and maybe you'll have to use it every day for like a week or two, a month or two, once you get to know kind of your child's season or time. You know, I'm not talking about winter specifically in this podcast because right now it's summer. But I will say that, you know, sometimes when we close those doors, like I said to do to reduce pollen in the house when we also close those doors and and windows etc then some kids have trouble with like dust and dust mites and mold so getting to know your child's season of concern then you might need to use these antihistamines like i mentioned and you know, if they're persistent or they're significant enough to interfere with their daily life or function like sleep, school, work performance, appetite, irritability, scratching, because we know too that allergy symptoms aren't just with the upper respiratory um, system, but it affects our skin as well, then that's when you really want to get involved. So again, I mentioned, you know, the Claritin, the Zyrtec there's also Allegra, there's Benadryl, which is over the counter. And most of these are over the counter, as, as I mentioned. And But again, you really want to check with your uh, pediatrician, with your doctor before you use any of these medicines, because in younger kids, for example, like Zyrtec or cetirizine is approved for six months and older. And so but like Claritin, you would want to use for maybe that five to six years of age or older. And some nasal sprays are, again, approved more for four and up. So really getting to know and understanding your child. And, you know, if you went to get Benadryl, it's going to tell you under a certain age, and I believe it's it's either six or two, it's going to say consult your doctor. So don't be afraid to ask, you know, you're pediatrician, your family doctor, they're available to answer these questions. Allegra, as I mentioned, or fexofenadine is also an over-the-counter, but it's not used as frequently as others. And it's really important to, again, remember that the use of these antihistamines are di- directed for their age, for their weight, and it's very, very important that you call your primary care doctor if you have questions about how to use them in the dose. So nasal sprays, as I mentioned, I find in many cases works so much better. I hate to say it. And it's okay sometimes to use them together. But it helps improve the symptoms because what it does is it they don't have to swallow it. Nasal sprays go right into the nose where the symptoms are actually occurring. And most nasal sprays are approved for six years and up. Um, one of them that I want to mention is... Um, Azelastine. I'm probably not even uh, pronouncing it right, so I'm sorry for any allergy specialists out there. But um, it is uh, the trade name is Esteline, and it is a prescription. And it is for six years and over. And basically what it is, is it's a nasal antihistamine. So different than a nasal corticosteroid. So the nasal corticosteroids like Flonase, for example, that helps with mucus and swelling. The um, estaline, what it does is it actually blocks that histamine reaction. So not everybody needs it. Those are in more severe cases. And, um, And again, I'm not talking about severe, severe, but I'm just saying if it's a daily thing, if it's definitely affecting, you know, their day-to-day life. Another option is a nasal decongestant, and you've probably heard of it, Afrin, and it works to shrink the blood vessels in the nose and relieve symptoms. However, it is important to understand that it can be very addicting, and so I, I do not. Always recommend. I actually, I don't particularly recommend Afrin, um, but I wanted you to be aware of kind of the differences. You know, the nasal steroids, the nasal antihistamines, and that's something that is a nasal decongestant. All the nasal sprays, like oral medication, should be given under adult supervision and as directed. Mike asked, "Well, what about allergy?" eye drops for kids, for allergies. And they are available, you know, especially if their symptoms are affecting their eyes, such as the redness of the eyes, you know, some swelling around the eyes, watery, itchy eyes, also known as allergic conjunctivitis, Versus, which is another form of pink eye versus like pink eye caused by bacteria from a virus or a chemical irritant. So how do these children's medications different from adult. Well, they chemically work the same as they do in adults. However, as I mentioned, they're not tiny adults. So you definitely want to use children allergy medications because they have been studied and approved based on age, safety, and recommendations. And so... And they come in liquid, like I mentioned, chewable, and the nasal sprays. So you do want to make sure that you use something that's approved for children uh, specifically. Over-the-counter medications, some of them can be used under two, but again, consult your physician, as I mentioned, Zyrtec. Most of them, though, are dosed for six years and up. But what I like about cetirizine and loratadine is that they do cause less drowsiness and they can work for 24 hours versus Benadryl, which can cause some sedation and may require additional doses every six hours to relieve symptoms. For children uh, four and older, as I mentioned, that's where nasal sprays can help. And there's also different doses of nasal sprays. And so not only will they help the allergy symptoms, that's important. But those nasal sprays are not going to help with eye symptoms, serious allergic reactions, or hives or skin problems. So what is that first line of defense? And that is avoiding the allergen. There's so many allergens out there, but as I mentioned, the dust, the dust mites, so avoidance. What are some non-medicated ways to treat allergies? Well, again, avoiding the allergen, but let's not forget the benefit of a well-balanced diet, adequate sleep and activity. And those are so important before considering start starting medication. When would we then see the allergist? Well, a child needs to see an allergist when there's a history of a severe allergic reaction, such as anaphylaxis, which is severe, like it could be causing breathing problems or swelling of the face, the tongue. And when these symptoms are severe enough and not relieved by environmental changes or over-the-counter prescription, that like I'm talking outside of anaphylaxis. So if their normal allergies are severe enough and you've done all those things that I've mentioned, then that's when you need to see an allergist. Another could be further evaluation of what's causing. I mean, I mentioned keep track of what's causing. Sometimes we just don't know. And um, But keep in mind that it's not always necessary to see an allergist, but an allergist will provide further evaluation and treatment and there's even allergy shots. I want to quickly mention just a couple things about honey. Some people have talked about honey, and I want to just mention a few things before I wrap things up. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, first and foremost, honey should not be used in children under one year of age because they can develop infant botulism. And because there's bacteria in honey that's dangerous to infants and their immature digestive system. But for children over a year, there's very little harm in giving them honey. And sometimes it can soothe symptoms such as cough, sore throat. It might, it's probably not gonna alleviate like sneezing and itchy eyes, but it's a nice supportive treatment that's safe for one year and older. I do wanna, caution, like make sure it's not too thick, you know, because if they're only one and they have a little bit trouble with certain textures, but as they get older, so you can mix it with a little bit of water and thin it out a little bit. And so those are some things that I want to, to mention, but honey has become kind of a thing to say, well, maybe I can use honey to treat allergies and In because of honey comes from flowers, pollen comes from flowers. But I want to remind you that there's really not enough study out there in regards to using honey as like a desensitization method, like we do for allergy shots, for example, because it's not really the flower that the child is allergic to, but the pollen that it produces. And so just keep in mind, like with that, even though, you know, birds and the bees and the flowers and the whole thing about honey, it really isn't necessarily effective in a way to treat desensitization from allergies. However, it can certainly help with soothing symptoms. So I have no trouble, you know, using honey. But I want to advise everybody, be a really good label reader. Make sure you know where your honey's coming from, how it's produced, processed, and make sure it doesn't contain other ingredients. Before I wrap things up, some other things that I want to just mention really quickly is it's okay sometimes to combine Certain allergy medications, like if your child needs eye drops and a nasal spray and an oral antihistamine. But I really want to caution you against over the counter medications that have multiple things in one, like a medication that's got a decongestant, an antihistamine, a cough medicine, or, you know, acetaminophen or ibuprofen. Like really try to use products that just have one ingredient, one type of method or efficacy, because you don't know how your child's going to react. And you really don't want to put all that medicine in. I mean, there's certain situations, consult your doctor that you might in six years and older. But what I'm trying to say is, real if if you're going for an antihistamine, look for something that is just has an antihistamine in it. Or for example, if you're looking for a cough medicine, maybe just has, you know, the like a mucinex but not mucinex with blah 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 if that makes sense so i hope this has been helpful it's kind of like allergy 101 um, and i've given you some tools you know some guidance about how you can defend your allergy symptoms and truly enjoy the spring and future seasons to come and thanks for listening to growing up with dr sarah let's grow up together Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. If you enjoyed this episode and think the information shared here today could benefit someone else, take a screenshot of the episode and post to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag us at Growing Up with Dr. Sarah so we can spread the word about the show and continue to grow in our mission to support as many parents and families as possible. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or would like to suggest a topic, please visit www.growingupwithdrsarah.com contact. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Stay tuned for a brand new episode next week as we continue to grow up together.